This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by Lady Emily. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Uh, today we're into chapter 46, Daenerys 5 of A Game of Thrones. And in Fire and Blood, we are discussing a serpent of ruler. Mm-hmm. Rulers. Yeah, maybe. Ruler, rulers. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows who cares right now about Fire and Blood? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, I, no, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, something you and I were talking about a little about about Sir Ezra before we got off here. Fire yeah. and Blood kind of came out at uh, not a great time, I think, for for what for what it is. Some of, some uh, some of these chapters in Fire and Blood, as I'm as I'm going through when I when we first got it, I was like plowed through it. Right now I'm kind of going through again. I'm like it's kind of uh, some chapters are like super exciting. Yeah, and other chapters are a little dry. Yeah, I mean as dry as what what do you used to you used to say uh, you know yeah t- yeah you know it's sandwich? like. Um, yeah, you know, you know, after after Thanksgiving, how you've got like, you know, you get that that couple day old turkey yeah. that you're, you're you're plowing on for a couple weeks. Yeah, <laughs> you ever and you ever um, you ever just you know put it on some on some bread, some cold turkey yeah. on some bread without you know mayonnaise or mustard oh, or you're right anything. Re- yeah, like just like that, real dry. Or yeah, like right. when you yeah, like kind of like kind of like your mouth when you wake up and you've been sleeping next to a fire or like a well. You know, if yeah, you, you've got like a wood burn, yeah, like a wood burner or a wood stove, right? Real dry, dude. Could you imagine eating that turkey sandwich next to a wood burning, you know, stove yeah. with a glass of like red wine? How? Mm. I mean, I don't even know. Yeah, the, that would be rad. Yeah, real just, dry, just real dry. That's kind. Yeah, that's kind. That's kind of what this chapter is. <laughs> in in fire, uh, in fire and blood. Well, what's cra- no? It's okay. It, it's what's crazy about it is like for the two months. I guess finishing out 2018 or whatever it was like, yeah, I mean, cool. That gave you something like, I kind of regret not just plowing through all of it. Then, uh, only got like halfway through and I was like, Oh good. I'm way ahead in the chapters. Like read back through with Sir Matt. It'll be fine. But now I have like no drive. You know, I'm just looking at like show stuff and, theories. yeah, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Right. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it picks back up actually. It does. Yeah. Well, it it, de- it 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 definitely does. This it's just uh, this chapter. To be honest, is kind of like rereading the last chapter. Um, yeah. And anyway, we'll, you know, we'll we'll get to that here here in a bit. So, um, sure. but uh, yeah, sir, sir, how are we doing today, man? Uh, doing good. Uh, actually, great, fantastic on a super nice high after. Um, well, we might as well tell everybody we're we're, we're recording a little bit early, uh, earlier than we normally do. Right. Uh, just because I had a little trip uh, planned this this. Uh, coming weekend so when you're listening mm-hmm. to this, i have some family i, be, I have yeah. some family coming in and out of town too so right. there's probably going to be another trailer or something that's going to come out and we're going to miss but we're, that's okay yeah exactly no i hopefully that holds off until super bowl and then we can get a nice nice good reaction there but yeah um just been riding that that trailer high you know i mean it's it's been been a good day and mm-hmm. uh as we said once you listen to this you will have hopefully listened to raven's nest and uh that was just again i cannot emphasize how awesome 
that was, you know, to talk to everybody. Just so cool. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, it was it was so it was so much fun. It was a ton, absolutely a ton of fun to do. So, yeah. What, what about you, buddy? Hey, hey, Ben. I'm good, man. Today's my my last Monday off, and I and then I'll return to a uh, Monday through Friday schedule, kind of starting next week. So nice, just kind of uh, enjoying it. Um, kind of tired today, but uh, you know, so we recorded, God, for like seven hours yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So you know, and, and doing some other channel work and right. just all the stuff for the for the podcast. So been putting in some hours these past two days, but it's good. It's great. Um, you know, yeah. the Instagram and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah. It's I'm, good. I'm good. I'm ready to go. Nice. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, do um, we have any small council? Not really because of how we're recording this. You know, we talked about um, the trailer. Yeah. The the one that would have come out last Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, based upon when this episode will be released. So, uh, yeah, nothing in the in the 24 hours. I've just been on Twitter a little bit more, seeing more people break down the uh, the episode or that or that trailer, uh, seeing sure. some news, seeing different stuff. And still the big the big kind of takeaway we took from it, um, a lot of people saying uh, that John his looks kind of old in yeah. that in that in that statue in that statue compared to the other one. So maybe it's that Sansa and Arya don't survive Um Again, I just think I, the more I, I having now about a day to think about it, I think it's just the way the statues look. Okay. Yeah. 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 It probably is. I mean, yeah. yeah. Just his beard was a little more, you know, thicker, fuller. I mean, it's it's crazy the things that we uh, <laughs> pick at when we have just mm-hmm. a teaser trailer. But yeah. Mm. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, the H- H- HBO did tweet a a single line from the tra- the trailer. Oh yeah. Um, about about six hours ago, as as of this, and it's just that you have to protect him. Wow. Which is what Liana says to Ned at the Tower of Joy flashback scene. And right. It's what you hear Liana say as um, John walks past her mm-hmm. uh, tomb there. So. So what are they saying to us? You know, I mean, they're. Yeah, he's important, man. He's he's the him. key. Yeah. Well. That's exciting. So hopefully we'll Who's have his a... king? Who's his king's guard? Oh my. Wow. I mean that would be Yeah, cuz yeah, well cuz Danny's kind of forming her own, you know, queen's guard, right? Right. So yeah, that that's pretty cool. Cool to think about. So, yeah. So all right. Well, um yeah, other than that, not a lot of news just because of kind of how we uh recorded um so let's go ahead and jump into the maester's study fire and blood a surfeit of ruler yeah yeah this uh so again just an excess of rulers you know Mm -hmm. lots of people having their their hands in the pot and again we're talking about jaharis the uh first uh targaryen Mm -hmm. uh the old king the conciliator you know the wise whatever you want to call him uh, I, right. Turning out, I think it was uh, someone had mentioned that he's. I think it was Lord Adam Parker had said he's he's one of uh, Gur's favorite Targaryen kings, yep. or you know, right. Uh, which is neat. He's uh, let's see, reigned for what fifty five years, something like that. So longest reigning monarch uh, there. And this is really uh, this chapter kind of focuses on leading into uh, fifty A.C. So you had that two right. year regency gap. 
yeah right. from 48 to 50 and right yeah and so and so the the last chapter which was uh, the year of three brides is kind of his it's him choosing uh, Allison and and what goes on there and um Rogar Baratheon and his kind of uh, wanting to break that up, um, and this is really that that second year, as you said, as we lead into, yep. or yeah, right. the 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 continue the continuation of that, getting ready to him becoming the king, right? So if you wanted a quick condensed version of this, if you went to the wiki, uh, it's kind of uh, the two headings that you'll get are like the minority on Dragonstone. So that's kind of talking about what happened there when he goes to Dragonstone with his sister. And weds her behind his parents' backs, uh, behind his mother's back, and then coming of age. So those are the two, you know, chapters that I mean. I think some of coming of age goes into the next chapter a little bit too. But um, by that time, he, you know, he's 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 actually ruling uh, around, you know, in between fifty and fifty-one AC. So right. quite a bit of stuff. I mean, it's it's it is a little bit of a repeat. You know, they they talk more about. Um, just the stuff that's going on with Rogar, with um, oh, what's his name, Rogar Baratheon, you know, and the mm-hmm. trouble that he's kind of having with him. You know, again, we talked last right. week, or you know, it was two weeks ago, right? That his um, what is it, stepdad? You know, is right, kind of like like ticked that he that that their marriage plans didn't go through. We were talking about the uh, year of the three brides, I think, uh, and so. Jaharis just does his own thing, and that it really does. They're always Rogar's trying to undo uh, what's been done without losing face. You know, we had the confrontation with the Kingsguard, which I thought was super epic. Uh, he was made to kind of, Rogar's made to kind of look like a fool uh, in front of his um, his men. But uh, what's he going to do? You know, I mean, you're not going to fight the Kingsguard and and uh, on Dragonstone there and risk your life it just was was silly just because he ran away with his sister and got married but they're worried that the faith is going to you know right do the same thing that they did to his father you know Aegon. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah you know uh, uh, and something i just want to i want to point out here just because i always point this out sir ezra yeah uh right in the first chapter here you have um you know, a quote by septon barth uh we are as the gods made us wrote septon barth the wisest man to ever serve uh, as hand of the king strong and weak good and bad cruel and kind heroic and selfish know that if you would rule over the kingdoms of men and i just think it's mm-hmm. he says wrote septon barth the wisest man to ever serve as hand of the king mm-hmm. so there yeah. we go with another another you know you, you have to you always have to take especially fire and blood and world of ice and fire uh with that kind of maester's perspective on it right so yeah yeah for yeah, sure because clearly clearly this was written before Tywin lannister so uh, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah uh yeah so a part of that is that's kind of the theme actually you know uh septon mm-hmm. barth's words there uh that that were just quoted by sir matt it, basically jaharis it, it talks about some of the shortcomings of rogar and then uh baratheon who did you know pledge his support for Jaharis helped him take the throne back, you know, but then, but then kind of maybe does it for his own selfish reasons. Um, maybe not, you know, it, it, he's considered, uh, like, like at one point he's considered foolish, but yet not foolish. You know what I mean? Like the maester kind of tells right. us that like some of the things he did in 49 AC were not wise, but yet, and he like, uh, made him seem like the villain, but yet he was someone who won back the kingdom and put things right. So in that one last year of his life, we can't really judge him for all these 
these things because he is kind of cast as the villain a little bit um, when it comes to Jaehaerys and you know him uh, coming back to take the throne. He's on Dragonstone, just kind of living there, and hasn't announced his bride. That's a whole big component to this is he doesn't announce that he's married his sister and that gives Rogar Baratheon more hope uh, that maybe he can undo that marriage but yeah uh, a couple other I think I'm just going to kind of pull out a few things is that cool Sir Matt no, go, yeah hey go right go right ahead okay because a couple of things that I thought just in the start of this that were interesting um, he actually plans at one point to go back and like fight well not not fight but like well, yeah, to, to remove um, Jaehaerys from Dragonstone, bring him back, kind of by force. You know, uh, they talked about, well, he'll, he'll just, you know, uh, hold up inside of Dragonstone. He's like, well, I'll just, you know, put it to siege. You know, I'll I'll attack it. And, you know, like he's actually planning to, like, move against the king here. And, like, uh, the queen, his, his mother, um, Alyssa, right, is trying to stop this. And eventually she points out, like, Hold on a second. My son has dragons. You know, like my my yep. uh, you know yeah, my no, children have, yeah. Right? You, you, you're and not we and we, and we and we don't. Yeah. Right. Yeah, she she actually does not have a dragon. She her um the eldest sibling of Alyssa um Targaryen is uh oh gosh, what's her name? Reyna. Is that right? So she's mm -hmm. the queen who was kind of passed over um and and she has a dragon too. You know, so she was one of those three brides who was kind of married. She she should have been considered for uh, the crown, but but wasn't. So uh, let me read a little bit here. So on, uh, I'm gonna read from the wiki. Actually, I've got the book in front of me too. I'll kind of go back and forth. But the coming of age. Um, oh no, let me go back to his minority. Okay, Jaehaerys and Alysanne were seldom apart from each other during their time on Dragonstone. Uh, those lords and council members who came to Dragonstone uh, for consult with their king would be received by their king with his queen beside him. While on Dragonstone, Jaehaerys intended to rectify his own shortcomings before he came of age and took rule uh, in his own hands. Okay, so one of the things, you know, Magar had all sorts of issues. His father, remember how his father, this was probably one of the coolest parts about Jaehaerys, is that, like, his father was considered, um, wait a second, his, uh, yeah, his father was considered weak. And did not have uh, Aenys. Remember? So Aenys and Magor. Right. Yep. Um, Aenys was considered like to not be a strong warrior, uh, not worthy of Blackfire, that type of thing. People considered him to be weak. Well, Jaehaerys, I was, as I was reading today, like he incur on Dragonstone, man, he just trains, you know? Yeah. You know, that's that's what I wanted to bring up, too. You know, the thing I, I that it reminds me of. Yeah. Um, and this is what a lot. I think a lot of people are going to draw comparisons and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And some stuff I was reading on Reddit was um, a lot of people don't think that Jon Snow may have the name Aegon in yeah. the books. He may also have the name Jaehaerys if R plus L equals J is true and it all, you know, all works out the way it should. Um, because this is to me the first thing I, I thought of was the comparison to Jon Snow. Yeah. And that Jon Snow is always pushing himself, training. Um, you know, like he even wants to, he even fights uh, Mance Raider, right? Who's pretending to be Rattleshire, and Mance Raider is like lays into him when they're when they're fighting. Mm -hmm. uh, and he says he continues to push himself. And uh, I just I like this thing here too. Um, it's kind of cool because you get at the beginning here you get like you get a little bit of Allison and how she she's like she has no haste of course. Um, yeah. 
in, in court. Like you kind of get both of them coming into their own roles and you can see that they realize, I think the world they're in and, you know, you just had this whole deal with Megor to where it's like, we have to be better than that. Yes. Um, and so, you know, it's like Jaharis was aware of his own shortcomings too. shortcomings. He intended to rectify before he set the iron throne, his right. king or his father, King Aenys, but had been weak. Um, and he was not the part of the warrior that his brother Megar was, and he uh, Jaharis was determined that no man would ever question his own courage at skill or arms, right? Which is where you were kind of leading. Yeah. Um, he says he trains with him in the Castle Yord, shouting them to come at him harder, to press him, hurry him, attack him with everything they could. Mm-hmm. Um, he works with sword and spear and mace and axe. Um, says it's a hard, brutal regimen. Um, and so, uh, let's, let's see. I like, just like this line here. It says one day after one evening, after a day in which Jaharis was severely tested and battered, Maester Culliper said to him, your grace, why do you push yourself so harshly? Uh, the realm is at peace. The young King only smiled and replied. The realm was at peace when my grandsire died, but scarcely had my father climbed onto the iron throne. Then foes rose up on every side. They were testing him to learn if he was strong or weak. They will test me as well. Yeah. And maybe, and maybe that's why Jaharis goes on to have this huge epic reign um, is because he just realizes he's, he's, he's less kind of concerned about, getting power and more kind of realizing I'm going to be the king. I need to be as, as good as I can. Right. When you look at other people like, like Robert, Robert took the throne because he hated Rhaegar Targaryen. Joffrey wants the throne just because he just wants to be king. So, yep. you know, there's, there's definitely kind of a difference there. Jaharis wants to be a good king rather than just, Oh, I just can't wait to be king, you know, to quote the lion king. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's funny. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're you're totally right. I mean, he is. It's that prep work that he puts in. It's almost like the the regency kind of uh, helps him in a sense because he gets to kind of see what's going on. He's very wise. He, he, I mean, he sees through some of the plotting and the planning that's going on with his mother and his and, and Rogar. Um, I even think you know, as I was reading this, I got the feels that he and oh uh, gosh, let me flip back here. Reyna, all right, so Queen, air quote, Queen Reyna uh, was also the one who was, as I mentioned in the beginning, was away to the west on Fair Isle, has her own marriage, uh, is just kind of done at first, done with this whole uh, farce of, of, of ruling the Seven Kingdoms, and he doesn't, remember her mother doesn't get invited to her wedding, um, it's kind of done in haste, and but Jaharis doesn't feel as slighted about not attending or getting uh get, giving her uh his blessing as he does with Rogar, you know, taking his his mother uh as as his wife. You know. So, anyways, I, he seems to have a, a pretty decent relationship uh, right now anyways with his with his elder sister who again was could have been queen. Didn't resist, didn't put up right. much of a fight, you know. So there's there there's that and, and he it's, it's a lot to kind of navigate a lot of different people so the the title of this is a is a uh, a servant of of a ruler so a lot of different uh, the success of people um, putting their hands in the pot and to have someone as young as him rise and watch all this happening for two years in his regency is 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 pretty cool it says a lot about who he is um, to kind of outmaneuver them but also make them all feel because there's no major I mean there are there's some skirmishes and some fighting that will come up later but like 
he still threads a needle here and everybody gets along and he has a great 55 year reign, you know, uh, and, and everybody, uh, yeah, he's below. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's see here. So yeah, they did. Okay. Um, we were reading just about his minority there. Didn't want to be weak like his father. Yeah, training was brutal. Okay. While Jaehaerys and his new wife remained on Dragonstone, Lord Rogar, as we had said before, and uh, Queen uh, Alyssa Valerion at King's Landing plotted to undo the marriage. So we've talked about that. Um, let's move on here. After uh, Jaehaerys and Alysanne did not return to King's Landing for the celebration um, the uh, of their of their marriage, right in the in 50 AC. Uh, oh, wait a second. Where did they? So wait, at King's Landing. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. While yeah. the realm began to notice Jaehaerys's absence from court, there we go. Um, he he still doesn't return. So it, noticeably, he's absent from court because remember they kind of disappeared in the night. Like they, right? They got on their dragons. They they just kind of you know they got the heck out of there. The King's Guard caught up with them later. Fortnight after fortnight, they're staying there. And Alyssa and Rogar eventually agree uh, to send ladies in waiting to Dragonstone to serve Alisan. Uh, their true purpose, however, was to try and persuade her to rescind the marriage. So, you know, again, they didn't storm it by force. Uh, the king and queen, well, the regents, the regents, I should say, are trying to figure out how to undo this marriage, and they send the ladies in waiting. So, as another way to try to to pull them apart. I think the more that they, they try to pull these two apart, it just kind of drives them closer and closer. They It goes on. It actually tells a really kind of romantic, which is ironic right this brother and sister has this really romantic right, right, uh, right. relationship i mean that they would even says that they would they looked back on these early days at dragonstone with great fondness because they were everyone was trying to split them apart and they're this this love story that kind of perseveres despite everyone these the strong powers you know in the realm trying to force them apart and they stay together so mm-hmm yeah, and then going to have one of the great, you know, greatest reigns ever. Is I mean, that that was their their challenge in the Game of Thrones, right? Right. Is it seem it, it to them? It, it is kind of the cool this this love story you get between the two, where um, it's kind of it feel it feels like them together are are trying to or have to play the Game of Thrones to to ascend to the throne at the same time. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah, and another cool part to this whole ladies in waiting uh, situation. Um, it goes into much more detail in the chapter. I'm, I'm again bouncing back and forth here between wiki and chapter because thank God the wiki is updated. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a, a book called a, a Caution for Young Girls, and um, Rogar actually it's hinted at that that maybe he wanted these young girls to seduce Jaehaerys, but really it's the charm of Queen Alysanne that you know wins them over and they become they become loyal to her and and pledge you know themselves to her. And so, so it's kind of it goes back and forth. You see, um, Jaehaerys in a good light, and then his sister, uh, Queen Alysanne, in also a good light. Because we find out later she's super influential and is one of the greatest queens, you know, to ever. Um, oh, absolutely. Rule. Yeah, she she did a lot of good for the realm. So, uh, let's see here a little bit more. Meanwhile, more and more lords began to visit Jaehaerys on Dragonstone. At the same time, news of the marriage of Jaehaerys and Alysanne began to make its way through the Seven Kingdoms. They held back on that. Um, let's see if I can find this in the book. He's very purposeful kind of in, in saying that he's going to uh, make this known to the realm in his own time. You know, like mm-hmm. he doesn't want to... Um, 
Yeah, let's see, let's see. He was especially anxious to learn. Okay, now that was Rogar there. Yeah, he, he, he I'm trying to find him. He, he holds back. Uh, it basically says, I'll do this on my own terms. You know, which, because I think he, he's also, he's very, he's cautious. You know, he's kind of weighing what's happening in the Seven Kingdoms. And we he knew that the faith w- was still kind of upset uh, with the, the potential of, you know, his, his union to his sister. So, you know, he kind of waits for um, these lords to kind of surround him and for him to gain a little more power, become a little closer to uh, his coming of age. So then he can make make his announcement and, you know, show off his his bride, his queen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you still have Rogar Baratheon kind of sticking his head uh, in there. And I like, um, you know, in in the text, how in in the audiobook you get it uh, when you're listening to it. But these these little quips here at like the end of the text. Right. Yeah. Like the little asterisks where they 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 stuff um, stuff in here, and I like this this one here. It's like asterisk number three, which relates back, and it says it is said many years later when King Aegon the Fourth was uh, was in his cups, someone raised the matter in his presence. Uh, his Grace supposedly laughed and stated uh, his conviction that if Lord Rogar were no fool, he would have instructed all of the maidens sent to Dragonstone in 50 A.C. to bed the young king, <laughs> since the hand could not have known which of them Jaehaerys would prefer. This infamous suggestion uh, has taken root against the small folk. But anyway, he's basically saying, yeah. you know, if you really wanted to break up a wedding, you should have just sent, like, all of the girls you could possibly find and get them to fall in love with somebody else. R- right, uh, yeah. Cause, right, yeah. Because right above that, where, where you're reading there, um, actually, just that and the, and the page before it, his plan, I mean, he almost, like, kind of hand, hand picks like, some of the girls, you know, it's sort of like, right. he's got a saying, like, all of them should have been given fair opportunity to seduce him, you know, they each have their own, you know, um, who knows what's going to, you know, satisfy that itch, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, Rogar Baratheon's, you know, it, it, you know, you also got to think about, these are, like, teenagers, and... Yeah. When you t- when you're trying to separate them and tell them no, it's only gonna you know cause them to to rebel against that. So that's just gonna push them closer together. So, um, you know that it's Rogar Baratheon did not his did not really um his, none of his plans really kind of succeeded in mm-hmm. this. Thank thankfully, for the realm's sake. Right, right, right. Okay, so let's see if we can move past some of that because they go into some great detail here on some of those uh, handmaidens uh which is neat it kind of gets gets people around uh queen alisan and uh yeah so okay and then it shifts over to uh next couple pages there sir matt it starts to talk about uh queen uh queen reina and her time mm-hmm. at fair castle uh it says that not everyone welcomed her presence so it kind of shifts we, we kind of talk about all these different rulers again so we talked more about rogar there um we talked about his mother and their influence and now we shift over to queen reyna um and, and just basically what is happening with her in uh in reyna targaryen however she found a like-minded companion uh this is lady uh Alyssa. um yeah i've been okay oh, oh okay. let me back up okay remember uh megar the cruel right right uh, his queen who found him um, you know, dead there on the throne was that lady, Elissa. Let's see, I'm on page one sixty three here, just kind of looking real quick. Had been twice betrothed, once 
at 12 and once at 16, but she had, no, 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 no. Uh, she comes up later. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because yeah, it's mentioned, remember earlier on, it talks about the there's three queens, but then he says there's actually four. Um, and right. And the fourth yeah, queen was Magor's last. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's yeah, not yeah, her. Yeah, that's not her. That, yeah. This is someone on, on Fair Island, it looks like. Um, but anyways, it says it would make uh, it, w- it would be a, a mistake to regard Queen Rena's time at Fair Castle as an as being idle. However, so she was not idle while she was there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that line it should be noticed. Uh, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase here that there was a fourth queen in Westeros, the twice widowed Queen Eleanor of House uh, Costain, who had who had found King Megor dead upon the throne. There you go. Um, yeah, she departed uh, King's Landing after Jaehaerys ascent. Um, dressed in the robes, um, yada yada. Uh, I don't right. think that she comes really up anything later. to it other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I got. Yeah, I saw it even, even goes on Eleanor. to say it just has suffice to say uh, Queen Eleanor played no role in the events of 50 AC. Right, of 50 AC, but uh, Jaehaerys later. She we'll does come out. up later. Yeah, yeah. He courts her. Uh, courts air quote uh, her to to kind of you know come back to a position of power. So that'll be we'll get to right. that later. I, w- I was like, wow, is that really already already here? But no. Um, so at Fair Castle there. Uh, Reyna is up to something. So not everyone welcomed her presence by any means. Even here on this distant isle, uh, there were poor fellows angered that uh, Lord Mark, like his father before him, had given support and sanctuary to one they regarded as an enemy of the faith. So she's still considered an enemy of the faith because you know she married her brother, um, mm-hmm. Aegon, who who you know uh, Magor killed. You know the crown wouldn't come to him. Yeah. And so uh, and that was that's part of her bitterness towards Rogar Baratheon. Is it like Okay, you stood up for my younger, my little brother, Jaehaerys, uh, but where were you when my husband and my brother were 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 dying beneath the god's eye? So yeah, that that's her grievance, right? Uh, they continue the continued presence of Dreamfire on the island was also creating problems. Uh, glimpsed every few years, a dragon was a wonder and a terror to behold, and it was true that some uh, of the fair islanders took pride in having a dragon of their own. Uh, others, however, were made anxious by the presence of the great beast, especially as she grew larger and hungrier. Um, feeding a growing dragon is no small thing, and when it became known that Dreamfire had produced a clutch of dragon eggs, a begging brother from the inland hills began to preach that Fair Isle would soon be overrun by dragons, devouring sheep, cows, and men alike, uh, unless a dragon slayer came forth to put an end to uh, the scourge. So, you know, you can almost imagine... You know, Danny has some of those issues with her dragons and Marine eating children and things. You know, yeah. so I mean dragons are you know, they're gonna do what they want, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So Well Danny's dragons, yeah, is kills uh, you know, it started where she was I think wasn't she like killing um like farmers' goats and stuff yeah. like that? Like, hey, right. it's fine, you know. Yeah. Right, exactly. And then eventually uh kind of I think she kills it uh kills a child uh, uh, yeah i think she does yeah i think, I think um if i can remember right uh so let's see so more here that happens with her i almost need to pull up uh reyna in the wiki uh maybe you can do that real quick sir matt and just pull up her in the wiki because for some reason it, di- it, it it splits right it starts talking more it continues on for her with her uh for several uh pages um Let's see. Even within the walls of Lord uh, Farman's own seat, Queen Reyna had enemies. Chief amongst them, his lordship, his lordship's heir. Uh, Sir Franklin had fought in the battle beneath the God's Eye and taken a wound there, bloodshed in the service of Prince Aegon the Uncrowned. We're getting like a lot of 
stuff here. Right. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of like nitty gritty history stuff. And it is dry. I mean, it is super dry. It's dry, yeah. But um, let's see. Uh, his grandsire had died uh, upon the battlefield together with his eldest son, uh, and it had been left to him to bring their corpses home to Fair Isle. Yet it seemed to him that Reyna uh, Targaryen showed little remorse for all the grief she had brought to House Farman. So I think that's sort of, regardless of whether you fought for her husband or not, sometimes when you don't win the battle and you look at it, you're like, what did we fight for? You know what I mean? Like, we lost brothers, you know, fathers, uh, uncles, whatever. And, and so now her presence here is, is kind of um, overshadowed by a lot of the loss and death that uh, took place um, beneath the god's eye. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and and so I have I have Reyna uh, Targaryen pulled up here. She's cool. like queen of the West, and then she becomes kind of queen of the East, and she was also a black bride of Megor. Um, her kind of her kind of history is is it's it's cool. It's it's world building again. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of what Fire Nice or Fire Nice Fire and Blood is. Is it's, it's world building. We're we're getting more of that stuff. Um, she's kind of just a political player who she gets sent kind of over to the Westerlands. Yeah, that's um, where she, she kind of. Yeah. It's almost like warden. Like she basically has that position of warden of the West, and then she comes back to warden of the East. Um, and she later has an issue with her, with Alyssa, right? Which is um, mm-hmm. who who ends up ends up like stealing dragon eggs. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, let me from from dream from Dreamfire's from Dreamfire's clutch. clutch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. 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 Um, right. So just to the yeah, I can see that here where she she went to Casterly Rock right upon Dreamfire. Yeah, cause she wasn't wanted there uh, at Fair Isle. Didn't stay there long at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, she kind of moves around a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The Lord of I'm gonna read this a little bit. The Lord of Castle Castle Rock wanted more than just a highborn guest. Queen Reyna realized then, uh, beneath the warmth of his uh, veneer, he was too cunning and too ambitious to settle for so little. He wanted an alliance with the Iron Throne, possibly through marriage between her and his bastard or one of his trueborn sons. Some union that would raise the Lannisters up past the High Towers, uh, the Baratheons and the Valerians, uh, to be the second house in the realm. He wanted dragons. Uh, with dragon riders of their own, the Lannisters would be the equals of the Targaryens. They were kings once, she reminded Sam Stokeworth. He smiles, but he was raised on tales of the Field of Fire. He will not have forgotten. Reyna Targaryen knew her history well, the history of the freehold of Valyria, writ in, in blood and fire. We cannot remain here, she confided to her dear companion. So, you know, again, you see people kind of vying for... Uh, just position with the Targaryens and she's someone who's kind of up for grabs has, you know, a dragon dream fire. And so as you say, uh, yeah, well, right. Well, you, right. As, as the Targaryen family expands, right. Mm-hmm. Cause remember right now it's just getting bigger and bigger. And during like the, uh, the, the dance with dragons, it's like a huge family. Um, and then enough to where you can have like a war uh, in, in an entire like war, you know, between between both sides. So you're going to have those like sisters and brothers that aren't really in the line of succession that are going to be viewed as like political assets. Mm-hmm. And that's right. kind of her role. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, OK, it actually. So once you're done with Reyna, dude, this chapter is so long. 
It's so ridiculous. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, there's a little the, the little uprising. You know, they they, they kind of talk about the uprising and um. Even more dire was the situation in the north. Brandon Stark, Lord of Winterfell, had died in 49 AC, not long after his return from the Golden Wedding. Uh, the journey, the Northmen said, had taken had asked too much of him. His son, Walton, succeeded him. And when a sudden rebellion broke out in 50 AC amongst the men of the Night's Watch at uh, Rimgate and Sable Hall, he gathered his strength and rode to the wall to join uh, the Leal Watchmen in putting them down. So there's this... Remember earlier I was talking about some of the things that Jaehaerys will kind of face, and this is right at the end of his regency, and so Rogar is actually a, a, a big you know kind of part of this. Uh, just talks about you know uh, who all was kind of involved in in some of this rebellion up there, and uh, the uprising proved short lived. For every man of the Night's Watch who joined the rebellion, ten remained true to their vows. So uh, it was some of the poor fellows and warriors' sons who had been sent up there beforehand. Remember how they were disbanded and a lot of them were were sent to the wall so they kind of caused right. some trouble up there and um anyways lord walton pursued them but two days north in the snow of the haunted forest he and his men were set upon by giants uh it was written afterwards that walton stark slew two of them before he was dragged from his saddle and torn apart jiminy christmas good grief how did i miss this part i jiminy so that's there's a little, there's a little action in here there's a little action right in right in right in this bit um, yeah, yeah. So that's that's some of the uh, s- some of the happenings around the uh, Seven Kingdoms. There, let me see here. Let's yeah, see. I mean, yeah. And the, okay, do you want to just skip to the end yeah, now, yeah, or yeah. do you want to? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So it, it basically, I mean, it basically ends. I mean, even the ending of this chapter is kind of like boring. Uh, you know, <laughs> like uh, to be honest, just like on the yeah, twenty third, I, I read the only action there. <laughs> Right, yeah. Um, Jaehaerys is now old enough to rule in his own right, with no further need of regent. Um, all across the Seven Kingdoms, Lord, uh, lords and small folk awaited uh, to see what kind of king he would be. So, you know, the the funny thing is, we were before we got Fire and Blood, we were like, man, I really hope we get a lot on Jaehaerys. Yeah. Well, I think we got a little too much on Jaehaerys. Uh, yeah, uh, so, yeah. I- <laughs> Right. I mean, there is actually more here than I thought. I must have drifted off midway through that whole. I didn't catch mm-hmm. the whole uprising part, so that's kind of neat. Yeah. But, but yeah, you're right. I mean, so yeah, it's all just the vying for power and, and people, the little bit of uprisings, you know, dealing with his own family, really, mm-hmm. uh, and and their want and need for power or belonging or something, you know. So uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, and it's just this chapter. Uh going forward the rest of the book gets a little more exciting and there's always something going on. But this 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 chapter is just one of those ones and, and to be fair, World of Ice and Fire got kind of like that sometimes where you're just it's just like going through the okay, then this guy took over, and then this guy took over, and you know just kinda it's just it's kind of building characters, fleshing stuff out. So Right. Um, Do you know real quickly, um, does this chapter end with, uh, let's see, with Rogar being uh, put out as hand, or is that the next chapter? Where I think that's where the he next. is it the next one? Okay, okay, okay. So we'll hold off on that. Yeah, because his plotting and scheming. Um, I have to go back and look here. He he's up to no good, man. Um, well, no, right here. So let me see. Found man. Yeah, he he starts to kind of put forward uh, someone else. Princess, um, I don't even know how you say her name, Aria, uh, not Rayella. So Rayella's 
uh, I'm sorry, Reyna's daughter. And uh, right. so that kind of gets him in big trouble right at the very end of the chapter there. Yeah. So anyways, it's just sort of a, you know, um, yeah, he, he, he tries to put forward, you know, the, the princess because basically Jaehaerys will. I don't know what ticks him off so much that he like won't just like let the marriage be. You know what I mean? Uh, why is it that big of a deal? Is it just because, you know, Jaehaerys slights Well, I mean, it's just. Matt? Well, it's, you know, it's it's a lot of people. They want to have some sort of say say in it because also it's still it still is a marriage that's going to upset the faith. And yeah. so, you know, then that's Problems the faith can can be a powerful ally. And so, you know, you don't I mean, if you go and you look at regular history, I mean, that's something that Napoleon had to deal with. Right. Okay. You know, that was kind yeah. of you go back. That was the, the church was a, such a big a big player in you know that 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 period of time like the you know 14 15 16 1700s the church was an enormous player mm-hmm. um and you kind of see th- them lose a lot of that somewhat of like political power at the begin- end of the 1700s early 1800s i mean they had um you know enormous political power before that and so maybe that's what he's he's viewing and so in in a game of thrones the the faith or right seems like it comes in and out of power um, obviously, in the main series, with uh, when Tommen is king, they they are such a huge player with the High Septum or the High Sparrow and and stuff like that. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, that's a good point. So, <clears throat> I I get it. I mean, and it's also though I partly think he's just a little bit bitter, you know that 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 uh, yeah he put his forces behind Jaehaerys and mm-hmm. helped him win the crown, and then right. it boils down to the point where he's like suggesting that Reyna, who he didn't go for as the queen, he starts to suggest that they move um, her daughter into uh, the position of, of, of queen, you know, um, right. and, and replace Jaehaerys to the point where he's fired, you know, from, from the council. He's let go by, by, Al, by, by Alyssa Valerian. So, uh, yeah, that really turned sour for him in the end. But um, he did a lot of good early on and then, you know, we'll kind of see what happens to him uh, rest of his life there. But yeah, that is the that is that chapter next week. What do we have here? We've got the uh, a time of testing. OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's, it's 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 Jaehaerys. It's when Jaehaerys becomes king. So he yeah. he's he's he'll be king. And it's like his first his first year of ruling. And it actually picks up really fast. Yeah. So it is. Kind of yeah, un- of unlike unlike this chapter, which is uh, quite dry, as we, as we were kind of saying, and probably lost half our listeners through um, this next uh, ep- this next next week's Fire and Blood chapter picks up quite a bit. So awesome. Okay, cool beans. Yeah. So all right, let's go ahead and move on over to the main chapter reread. This week we are uh, going to be taking a look at Daenerys Five. Last week we were in uh, Eddard Twelve. Um, Ed had now, or Eddard or Ned had now known the truth of what John Aaron died for. Um, he also learns from Pycelle and Peter Baelish that Lord Tywin Lannister was preparing for war. Later, Ned met with Cersei and tells her that he will tell Robert the truth when he returns, offering her a chance to flee and save her children. Cersei warns Ned that he's made a mistake. Yeah. The last time we were with Daenerys was, which, which was a couple weeks ago. Right. Um, the Kalasar had entered Vaith's Dothrak. Uh, as they rode up the God's Way, Daenerys discussed the pros and cons of Dothraki combat skills with Jor- Jorah Mormont. Mm-hmm. Once they had settled in, Daenerys had invited Viserys to have dinner with her uh, and tries to make a peace offering with new clothes. He becomes angry, grabs her. She hits him hard with a belt and tells him to leave. 
This week in Daenerys 5, Daenerys eats a stallion heart as part of a Dothraki pregnancy ritual. Afterwards, she bathes uh, in the womb of the world and goes to the reception feast. Viserys soon arrives, drunk and screaming. He draws his blade and demands what he is owed. Khal Drogo gives him a crown of molten gold yeah so um this is another this is this is a chapter that again the show does a really good job of um actually all the pictures in the wiki are from the show there's not even a lot of just general artwork that Mm -hmm. people have done of this um in the show it's two different scenes i believe i believe it, it just shows where up to her eating the heart and um Viserys kind of sees everyone cheering for her and he leaves and then later it comes cuts back to him kind of stealing or no 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 he he was gonna steal stuff, mm-hmm. and Jorah Mormont kind of catches him, and then right. he he ends up walking away, which I don't believe is in this chapter. And he tries to steal he tries to steal one of the dragon eggs so he could buy a ship and just get out of there. Yeah. Um. And Jorah Mormont stops him, and then he comes in drunk, and and the same thing he gets a, he gets a crown of gold, which it so for the most part it goes the same way. So if you're if you're a, a show watcher, um, which I know we have, yeah. and you're 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 coming into this chapter. It's pretty similar. So yeah, it, it is all those things. Yeah. That ha- happened in this chapter. Like you said, the show just kind of divides it up a little bit, a little bit differently um, for sure. So buddy, I tell you the, the when I read this chapter, um, my heart just ached. You know what I mean? It just mm-hmm. really was aching from the minute we start here. So um, could have go right do, ahead. Could have to do with the uh, eating of a heart. I don't know, you know. So yeah, yeah. The heart, the heart was, uh, the heart was steaming in the cool evening air when Cal Drago said it before her, raw and bloody. Her arms, her arms were red to the elbow. Behind him, his blood risers knelt on the sand beside the corpse of a wild stallion. Stone knives in their hands, the stallion blood looked black and flickering, or uh, looked black in the flickering orange glare of the torches that ringed in the high chalk walls of the pit. Uh, Danny touched the soft swell of her belly, sweat beating. Oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Sweat be- uh, beaded her skin and trickled down her brow. Uh, she could feel the old woman watching her, the ancient crones of Vase Dothrak, with eyes that shone dark as polished flint in their wrinkled faces. She must not flinch or look afraid. I am the blood of the dragon, she told herself as she took the stallion's heart in both hands, lifted it to her mouth, and plunged her teeth into the tough, stringy flesh. Yeah, doesn't that just make oh sound you sound delicious? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, have you ever eaten heart? I mean, like, is that a thing? You no. know, like, <laughs> I'm I'm sure some people have. Yeah, I'm, yeah, uh, just crazy, man. She's got to keep that down. And uh, was neat. They go on to kind of talk about how, bef- leading up to this, her handmaidens had helped her prep for the ceremony. You know, because like it was really important that she keep this heart down and show strength uh in front of the other former whatever they're called Khaleesi's you know um here in base Dothrock and so they had like what were they they were giving her um they dined on bowls of half clotted blood uh to accustom Mm -hmm. her with the taste and then uh Erie made her chew strips of dried horse flesh until her jaws were aching you know that heart was super tough and so she's just tearing at it yeah yeah it's like it's pretty much like yeah it's pretty much like all muscle and danny has to danny has to eat the whole thing yeah and you and you can't and like you can't throw up like you need to eat the whole thing um and it's you know it's it's a ritual to kind of show that her child will be strong yeah 
Dude, you know what's nuts, man? I mean, dude, what is Gurr thinking? You know, because this is just, mm-hmm. it, it just cracks me up, man. Like, okay, so she's eating this heart, and, you know, she does a great job, gets it all down. Uh, as you said in the summary, she's going to go out and bathe in this pool. And the one thing that was missing from that summary is this turns on Cal Drogo. He is turned on by this, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> I mean, his wife just, you know, pounded this heart. You know, goes out here and bathes, and he just has his way. And then, you know, he's just super proud. It's just a crazy good moment for uh, the Dothraki. So, yeah, hey, you know, hey, man, every, you know, something, everybody's their got their, their thing. Yeah. And Cal Drogo's thing is, uh, is <laughs> yeah. watching, watching people eat, eat hearts. So, you know, yeah, yeah, eat your heart out. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. Well, okay. So, yeah, her feet. Her finally, you know, that part's just all describing the. I mean, there might be some, you know, symbolism and different things in there. I, the, the one thing you got that that uh, caught my attention. Uh, we we hear more about it later. Is just what Cal Drogo's wearing. You know, the the gold rings in his mustache, the gold right. bells in his braid, um, the big medal. There were medallions worth there around his belt somewhere, which is mm-hmm. important later. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So it kind of describes him. And uh, I thought it was neat too. She kind of does really know him. She, she can his face. It says that his face doesn't betray um, the thoughts within very often, but she feels like she's starting to kind of read the subtlest of facial expressions from him to to, to tell mm-hmm. when he's happy or pleased or proud. You know, so uh, that's kind of neat just to, just to think about because he's real mysterious to us because we just don't understand him. You know, right? Super foreign. So. Uh, she gets she gets everything down, and uh, the oldest of the crones, you know, bends over, uh, raises her hands up in the air, and does some, you know, Dothraki speak, uh, and proclaims the prince is riding. You know, he is riding. The other women answer. Uh, the bells rang. A sudden clangor of bronze birds. Deep throated war horn war uh, horn sounded its long, uh, low note. So it's a big deal for the for everyone here. Um, we find out that uh, one of the elders there kind of they start to chant and, and uh, proclaim that uh, Danny's baby uh, that the that the child here is the stallion who mounts the world, you know. Yeah. Which you know, and and as we as we talk, as we as we often bring up the idea of Azor High and the prince who is promised and. Sure. The, the last hero is the, the stallion who mounts the world is also another is I think it's another piece of that, too. So clearly the Dothraki have their mm-hmm. own version of of this idea of this this great hero that is going to come and, and lead them to prosperity. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they they, they do. And she kind of uh, it's something that Danny thinks about, you know, later, obviously, like when we, we know everything that kind of. Uh, takes place and and she often thinks on Rago, her 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 son, mm-hmm. you know her mm-hmm. air quote son. I mean they proclaim strongly that this is a son. Uh, yeah, I mean as swift as the wind he rides, and behind him his calisar covers the earth. Men without number, um, with arcs shining in their hands like blades of razor glass, fierce as a storm. This prince will be. His enemies will tremble before him, and uh, their wives will weep tears of blood and rend their flesh in grief. The bells in his hair will sing his coming, and the milkmen in the stone tents will fear his name. The prince is riding, and he shall be the stallion who mounts the world. 
Mm. Yeah. So, you know, just just in in thinking about, right, like Azora High and stuff like that, there's definitely some some similarities in in that idea. Fierce as the storm, this prince will be. So, you know, is it the idea of him possibly being um, a, a, a prince, right? Prince, Daenerys yeah. Thing, right, yeah, a prince rather than a... Um, a cow, right, or mm-hmm. kind of both, and it could just be because Daenerys, I think, is the one who is. I think yeah. that's Daenerys's uh, idea of him, mm-hmm. uh, right? Yeah. So, so there's there's that as well, and the idea of the bells in his hair will sing his coming, right? This is the song of ice and fire. Is that mm-hmm. something that uh, could you know could come as well? So, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, lots of good parallels there, and just different vari- variations. You know, culture to culture, having their own uh, variant of the tale. Uh, right yeah of that great hero so uh yeah so actually danny's the one who names him rago and to jump ahead uh later on caldroga kind of ask about that you know he likes the name and she explains that it's sort of uh it's a combination of his name and and, and rhaegar which is which i think mm-hmm. is pretty pretty awesome because she she super respects both of them they're both warriors and and uh everything she's heard about rhaegar uh, you know he's this awesome dude who she's super proud of you know and, and wants to name her 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 son after so uh but yeah i also like the bit where the the dosh Kaleen are kind of like seen as the wisdom and the authority there uh in in base dothrak you know like they're in charge man you know if they say something to cal drogo and these other cows they listen they really take uh their words to heart so i thought that was kind of an interesting part of their of their culture they're they're super revered and respected and this is the place where uh the various you know uh, calls will, will will gather and stuff and so mm-hmm. the stallion who mounts the world we find out is is one who as you said will kind of bring all of those all those people under one you know um leader one group so mm-hmm. a big deal because right now you know cal drogo is the strongest there are other you know uh calls out there who who kind of you know, gather and, and lead their uh, groups here to Vase Dothrock. So, you know, his person, uh, his his descendant will be much more than, than all of them. Uh, okay, let's move on here a little bit. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, she yeah he shall be called Rego, um, and then they start scream they start screaming Rego. Mm-hmm. Yep. Rego, Rego, Rego. Uh, they see the. Caldrogo looked down at her. His face was a copper mask, yet under the long black mustache drooping beneath the weight of its uh, gold rings, she thought she glimpsed the shadow of a smile. Is good name, Daenerys' wife, moon of my life, he said. And so he's happy with the name, and she's really, you know, he's learned a few uh, words, some, some, of the, some of the common tongue, and so we hear little bits and pieces of that. Uh, so, yeah. They rode to the lake of the Dothraki called the Womb of the World. Uh, surrounded by a fringe of reeds, the water was still and calm. So this is where she goes in and kind of like bathes or just immerses herself in there. Um, you know, they said there was no bottom to it. Eerie uh, said there was no bottom there. She's doing her thing, you know, goose mm-hmm. goosebumps everywhere, nakedness everywhere. You know, <laughs> everywhere, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, it, yeah, it's just you know, which is great, right? Um, let's see. Yeah, she's cleansing herself because she's got all that blood all over. You know, it's it's dripping mm-hmm. down down her chest. You know, you just imagine it, right? It's just right. It's everywhere. 
And again, Cal Drogo has just turned on, you know? Yeah. So yeah, sh- I, yeah, it's it's because of the heart. Yeah, you could argue that he yeah. has. Yeah. Should I just go ahead and say it? Yeah, he has a heart on. Okay, he has. You know, <laughs> he does. He absolutely yeah. does. Um, so yeah, she, she steps out and and uh, you know, I think I think it even says, you know, one, two, three pumps, and he was good. You know, yeah, I mean, you know, hey, he's a he's a three minute man, you know, or right, you know, that's. Well, yeah, yeah so. quickly had to get this done. You know, she's cold, and, and so he's, you know, um, yeah, he's proud of her. It's just something they do, man. It's their culture. You know, yeah. I think I think the world could learn a lot from the, you know, the Dothraki. So, no shame there. So, he, uh, yeah, so he takes her in his arms, though, and, and they have a, a solid little moment there. He uh, wraps her in her cloak eventually, and uh, they hear the sounds of drums and horns swirling up into the night. Um, the half half clothed woman spun and danced uh, on low tables, so they're they're headed back to the big feast, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, she again kind of I think she asked at one point Jor- Jorah Mormont about what does it mean when the, she ru- she rides past uh, everyone, and uh, uh, they're they're saying you know the stallion that mounts the world. And so she kind of asks him what that means. And he uh, actually tells her more, you know, um, about that. And, and she comes over and sits by him. And this is where you had said she inquires about her brother. You know, why is Viserys not here? And right. he's out drinking, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he wasn't a big fan of the fermented mare's milk. I, I don't know why, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he had like gone to like a market, I think, to, to get some wine. Um, Daenerys then questions why he was allowed to go alone, right? And why he, why yeah. he went alone? Because we know that there's, you know, potentially bounties out on right. them. Um, and, you know, Jorah kind of assures her, you know, he's he'll be okay. Yep. Um, and that nobody is allowed to carry a blade, right? Yep. In in Vase Dothrak. And Daenerys states that, that doesn't mean people still won't die, right? Sure. Yeah. Um. And anyway, that 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 like you know he you can't have a blade in Vase Dothrak is will come back uh, here in a little bit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. And so uh, then he goes on to kind of tell her about her eggs, right? Her dragon eggs, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know. And uh, she doesn't understand that they're valuable and that that's really what he's trying right. to do is is steal those so that he can. Uh, get an army, and we learn that they're super valuable. You know, with all yeah, because yeah, they're 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 super rare, right? Yeah. Um. You know, he's like those traders he's been drinking with would sell their own manhoods for even one of those stones. Mm-hmm. Um. And with all three, Viserys could buy as many cell swords uh, as he might need. Yeah. Um. Then Danny had not known, and then she says, "Then he should have them, or then he then he should have them. He does not need to steal them. He only needs to ask. He is yeah. my brother and my true king." Right. He is your brother, Sir Jorah acknowledged. You do not understand, sir. My mother died giving me birth, and my father, um, you know. And and at the end of the day, like you know, you and I talked about Viserys before. Is yeah. Viserys still somehow got her to this point alive in, in a world where like people would you know want her absolutely dead and all of this stuff. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's still a total jerk. He's still whatever, but he still has somewhat protected her. Uh, yeah, through through her time, right, alive. So yeah, even if it's selfishly or, or for his own reasons, yeah, I mean, absolutely, she's still here. Yeah, and and she even right. says she learned a lot about her family through him. You know, and right, she could learn about some of that through the history books, maybe. But like to to hear 
their nature from her brother was was mm-hmm. important. But right. uh, yeah, the whole bit about you know he's he, he's not supposed to be bearing steel, and uh, you know that was something. So that's one of the reasons why he he won't be hurt, right? Is because because you can't do that. Uh, but you know, um, they go on a little bit more here. Let's see what else. What else comes up? Danny looked down the length of the long uh, roofless hall, and there he was striding towards her. So now he's he's coming in, um, missing a step here and there. He's he's totally drunk, and he's wearing a, his mm-hmm. scarlet silks. Yeah, he's soiled. Right. Where's yeah? Where is my sister? I've come yeah. for her feast. Right, and he's like, no one should eat before a king. Where is she? Yeah, and, and they said that there was there were more than it's more than just uh, Danny and and um, no, they you know, said there's like five thousand men in this hall. Right, yeah, and, and a lot of them. So there you go, right there. It says and, and uh, only a handful knew the common tongue, but that's enough to translate for Cal Drogo right. or, or any of his blood riders. So right, gotta be, gotta watch out. And you know, he marches right up to him. He's basically uh, dissing on the whole party here, kind of. You know, uh, calling out Cal Drogo. He's there for his army. He wants his crown. He wants what was promised to him. Uh, so, and actually, Cal Drogo, he's looking for his place, right? He wants to sit somewhere. He's looking to join the feast. And Cal Drogo actually points back to um, the very back where all of the, you know, kind of older slash younger slash just, you know, Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe some of the crippled, you know, individuals are way in the back hall there, and they call him the Sorefoot King, right? Because he, you know, bring a cart for him, you know. Right? Yeah, the Cart King, right? Which they, yeah, yeah. the Cart King. So, and they're all kind of laughing, and, and Jorah Mormont is trying to help him. He's trying to get him to sit down, trying just to, you know, to get him to calm down, and he actually knocks him down um, to the floor. But then when he when he does that, her brother drew his sword. And that really, you know, gets everybody's attention. There's there's hissing. I mean, that's just, you can't do that. You can't be bearing steel nope. uh, here, and you can't be spilling blood, you know, in base mm-hmm. Dothrak. So that violates their laws. They're screeching, screaming at him, and Danny the whole time is just like, oh, I mean, she's, she's still at this point trying to save her brother's life here. Now she realizes, you know, that right. he's really in a pickle. Uh just it's it's a sad kind of thing, man. I mean, what he's how do you get yeah, that? Yeah, she's like, yeah, the blade you must not please Viserys. It's forbidden. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, and Jorah is kind of get her too. And they say they can't kill us. They can't shed blood here in the city, but I can, right? Because I'm like, and then he like points he points the sword like right at Daenerys, right? And mm-hmm. t- tells like I'll I'll cut out I'll cut out your baby, right? right. If I have to, if I if I have to, right. and that is when Daenerys, I think, kind of kind of changes her her demeanor and i think she kind of accepts that yeah this is this is over yeah uh-huh yeah th- yeah this is over yeah she even kind of uh some of her handmaidings are like crying they're kind of like pleading with uh with the cow there and and so enough is enough he kind of you know spoke a few words they get up him and his blood riders kind of walk over Toward him, it had grown so silent in the hall that she could hear the bells in Cal Drogo's hair chiming softly with each step he took. And uh, they march right up to him. And uh, he basically says, uh, in she translates and she says that, you know, he says, you shall have a splendid golden crown that men shall tremble to behold. And the saddest part she says here is that Viserys says, that's all I wanted. You know, what was promised? That's that. That's it. He kind of like holds his hands up to sort of say like, 
thank you. About time. Like that's that's all I want. I don't want to yeah. cause any problems. I just want the crown. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he's already, you know, he basically threatened Cal Drogo's unborn child. You know what I mean? Uh, pointing the sword at his wife and and bearing steel. It's just he's gone way too far. You know. Yeah, and then it's 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 and then it happens really fast. It's like a paragraph. It's like it, within within a paragraph. It's like he's he's alive and a par- and then like you know. Cal Drogo takes his medallions. The guy sees him, takes the medallions, put him in a pot, pour it right over his head, and yep. uh, and that's golden it. crown, golden yeah, crown, man. and and we're down to the last dragon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Danny's thought, right? You know, he was no dragon. Uh, fire mm-hmm. cannot kill a dragon, and uh, so he he gets that crown. It's gruesome. He doesn't spill any blood, which so Cal Drogo actually still kind of holds to the law because. Uh, it's just a golden crown, you know, just melt, you know, melted there and it's, uh, he's shrieking and it's done for man. It's a kind of a weird, pitiful, sad scene, but she needs to move beyond him. And so, you know, moves the story forward. So, mm-hmm. uh, all right, man. I think that, you know, we, we kind of went a little long in fire and blood, but it was a long chapter. And then, you know, that just, uh, Danny, the Danny chapter to me is, is pretty straightforward. You know, the, these just crossing, um, Getting used to the Dothraki and their culture, you know, is important. It's that world be- world building, as you say. Uh, but yeah, so it was pretty straightforward chapter. So on to uh, Cinder Raven, my friend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, go. I'll go ahead. Okay. Uh, so we have uh, Sarah Thompson here sent us a little something just on on Patreon, and uh, this worked out because. By the time this is posted, uh, Sir Matt and I, I think for the 1st of February, will have a pretty cool episode ready to go for you guys on Patreon, and it has to do with her raven here. So, uh, let's see, she says, must have more Summerhall knowledge, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Uh, if Dunk did end up beyond the wall as cold hands, it proves um, that certain. Uh, that certain Targaryens have been pointing north for a long while now. Egg, Rhaegar, Aegon the Conqueror, and even uh, the Targaryen who dreamed that the world, that the whole family should leave old Valeria, were on to something. Something that'll tie the doom uh, and what's to come in Westeros. Something potentially bigger than the dragons and the others. So kind of a cool little ominous uh you know, just that these Targaryens keep their focused on on moving north. They move out of old Valeria. Um, because of the dreams and the visions that were given to their to their family there, was it Danny's the Dreamer or something like that? Um, and then you know Rhaegar, Aegon, these you know Egg is sort of uh, fixated on on just you know the dragons trying to bring them back, the prophecy, you know all of right. this. What's going on at, at Summerhall? What did happen at Summerhall? Yeah, the big question, <laughs> Sir Matt. Uh, mm-hmm. But actually. I, I- you had brought this up, so that so the reason that uh, we got this raven was really because uh, at the end of our Black Council episode, you had talked about Sir Dunk the Tall being mm-hmm. uh, a certain somebody. Yeah, yeah, and we have a we have a Patreon episode coming out about it, and I don't I don't really necessarily want to spoil it, but just in terms of Summerhall um, theories and stuff like that, there's there's been a lot of stuff I've been um, reading uh, about, and, and like the idea of you know how is it that how is it really that dunk or excuse me, that egg got these ideas of bringing fire or about um, bringing the dragons back. Right. You know, if you uh-huh. go read a night, night of seven kingdoms, 
those three those three Dunkin' Egg stories, you know, you have is it we don't really know. We know that, you know, there's Blood Raven who clearly has um you know, something going on with him. Uh, you know, he's he dabbles in the dark arts as well as then, you know, becomes the Red Raven and all of that stuff. And I think he becomes I thought we looked this up the other day. He becomes the three eyed raven before the tragedy at Summerhall. Well, he disappears. Right. He disappears from the Night's Watch before the tragedy at Summerhall. Is that correct? Okay. Didn't we look that uh, up? It may be right. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look. Yeah. Uh, and right. then also you have you also you also have Darren, his brother, who has green dreams. Yep. Um we know we meet John the Fiddler or uh Damon Blackfire yep. the second, who also right. has green dreams. Um, so is it possible that um, Egg kind of starts getting this idea of possibly through his brother? Um, you know, Maester Eamon is up at the wall as well, and he's studying and doing research. So is it possible, you know, Eamon and Darren, who are brothers, are mm-hmm. talking about, you know, bringing dragons back? And, you know, also that that seems to be a, a big theme of A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. So, um, yeah, yeah, it, it does. You know, I was actually reading something. You just you just. uh just something that uh, came to my mind about, uh, I think it's in A Feast of Crows, Maester Eamon is actually, when he recalls Egg, um, <clears throat> I think he's talking that they're at the Quill and Tankard, maybe, and he starts to kind of talk about the big, uh, he goes, that big, tall knight that was with him. So he mm. actually knew Sir Dunk as well, I mean, which you, you, I mean, you could have assumed, but it was just kind of cool to hear Maester Eamon in his old age reminiscing about conversations that he had with Egg uh, when he was much older, after Maester Eamon, after Eamon had become a maester, and they're over in Old Town, you know, having conversations about some of this stuff. I think right. maybe even before uh, Egg had became king, I would imagine. So, yeah, uh, really cool. It's just something that we can kind of continue to talk about later on in, in our uh, Green Dreams Patreon episode. So mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, uh, move on over to uh, Man the Wall here. Just always want to uh, invite people to come check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of the social media platforms, um, especially the Facebook group. We have a super good group of people who um, hang out in there and talk theories and and speculation. Mm -hmm. And it's a place we kind of go to, and that's how it actually influences the show a lot because we see what everyone's kind of talking about, and then we can kind of tailor um, theories and stuff. That and ravens right. that we get to to kind of coincide with what it seems like everyone where everyone's kind of at in in the group and, yep. and and stuff like that. So, yep, absolutely, yep. Uh, so, all right, uh, all right. Hey, man, it's time time to sign off here. We want to yep. thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter Forty Seven, Eddard Thirteen. Yeah, and just a quick shout out to everybody who who has uh, recently joined us. We really appreciate your presence here. Uh, and we want you to feel welcome, and we want you to, you know, join into the book club and uh, send us those ravens. So if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that winter is coming.